Hi everyone, Gordon here from Coincompass.com. Just before we get started, this podcast is about charities and why every single charity, non-profit, NGO should accept Bitcoin. However, that's easier said than done. Therefore, the first charity to contact us will be shown how to accept Bitcoin donations, physically and online, creating and securing multiple Bitcoin wallets, discussing the legal, tax and accounting considerations, and everything in between. All for free of course, and why wouldn't you? So visit coincompass.com slash contact with your details, and we'll go from there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share, so we can find others like yourself. And Bitcoin will be ideal for um, groups that are working in the condescending term we've come up with, developing countries, because it is a very quick and easy way to get funds to people that they can then use. Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us once again for Bitcoin Basics Podcast. Uh, this is the second episode we are running on the same day here, which is April the 16th. I am still in self-isolation in New Zealand. And Gordon, how are you doing? Um, good, thanks, buddy. Yep. Uh, level three. Actually, it's level two and a half lockdown. I think that's what they're calling it here at the beach. Another week to go. So today... Does that mean half your body's... Sorry, does that mean half of your body is allowed out? Yeah, I've got my head sticking out of the window. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> today is day 21 of our 30 days of Bitcoin. And uh, don't forget, you've still got time to ask us a question, coincompass.com slash ask. Before we get started, let's have a look at the proof of recording. The current price of Bitcoin is $6,630, according to Bitstamp. And the current block height is 626,196, which if you listen to the last episode is only one more, which means since each block is about 10 minutes, um, this recording is 10 minutes after the last one. So uh, that was way more detail than everyone needed to know. Okay, so let's have a listen to today's recording. As someone who works for a charity in a low-income community, uh, my question is, how does Bitcoin work alongside communities that still heavily rely on, on cash for financial transactions? And also, what are the, what are the benefits for charities to, to move towards using Bitcoin? Great question, as usual. Um, and Faris, do you want to have a first go at that one? Yeah, thank you. No, I really do like this question. Um, I My original background was actually working with NGOs. And Bitcoin will be ideal for um, groups that are working in the condescending term we've come up with, developing countries, because it is a very quick and easy way to get funds to people that they can then use. Um, we spoke about this in detail in the Bitcoin Prosperity Podcast with Steve McClurg. Um, so the issue you have now is half the world's adult population is unbanked. It means they don't have access to a bank account because they don't have any collateral that they can use. They don't have enough money coming in. It's basically living day to day. 
So getting money to them means we have these NGOs that set up and then the NGOs will go in and their staff goes in and they run programs. They don't actually just go into villages and hand out cash. And honestly, that's what some of these villages, these people need. They just need access to cash so they can go ahead and run their own programs. And when I listened to this question, it reminded me of a story I heard on a podcast where these two guys in America started a business. Business became very successful and wanted to do something philanthropic. They could not figure out which NGO, because there are several thousand NGOs out there, um, which NGO to give their money to. So they basically just jumped online on Facebook and found some people in Nairobi, Kenya, and contacted them and sent money directly to them, bypassing the NGOs. And this university ended up following them up and doing a study. And the argument at the time from the NGOs was, oh, you can't trust them. They'll use the money that you give them for nefarious purposes or illegal activities. So a study was conducted, and out of 100 people who they just gave money to, bypassing an NGO, none of them used the money for nefarious purposes and actually benefited them very well. So to answer this question, Bitcoin is ideal because you can send money directly to people who need it, who will then do something with it. I don't see your large NGOs using Bitcoin. It will become a bit of a tax nightmare for them because they will have to declare it on tax and because it actually could render them redundant. So you tackled the uh, accepting Bitcoins as donations, but what about the uh, Bitcoin working alongside cash in a local community? I think, and we actually did talk about this as well recently with Leah Wald, who worked with the World Bank. She said one of the big light bulb moments that got here in the Bitcoin was when she saw the M-Pesa um, launch in um, Kenya or Nigeria. I forget which one. I think it was Nigeria, where essentially people do just send money directly over their phone. So you don't need access to a bank account. It's phone to phone. And it was huge. So they've already got a head start in knowing how to use a Bitcoin wallet because they're doing they're using these mobile wallets, um, which is peer-to-peer over the phone. So yes, absolutely, Bitcoin will be used alongside USD currency, um, along the local currency. Far easier, it'd be far easier for them to accept it than it would any Western, and I use this word in um, quotations, developed country. Because the only thing developed about Western countries is we know how to develop a lot of debt. What are you talking about? No one's printing any money. So I tackled this question in two parts and feel free to stop me, Faris. But um, there's really two parts to this question. There's the adoption or the use of Bitcoin in a day-to-day currency like cash. And then there's the accepting Bitcoin as a donation. And they're two different things. I don't know why any charity wouldn't want to accept Bitcoin. Now, Ferris mentioned there are possible tax and legal reasons why not. So yes, perhaps if you are the Red Cross, although the Red Cross does actually accept Bitcoin, perhaps if you're a very large NGO, that may create some uh, legal and jurisdictional problems for you. But uh, I would say any uh, charity, nonprofit, NGO, whatever, uh, especially charities, should be accepting Bitcoin. Now, 
In terms of uh, using Bitcoin on a day-to-day basis, um, probably unlikely. Um, you mentioned like, you know, communities in Africa and stuff like that and using the mobile phone, perhaps, but it's just not there yet. So um, let's just quickly look at both of those use cases. Accepting Bitcoin, and we talk about um, this thing called a method of payment all the time, but basically it just means if you want to send US dollar or Australian dollar or euro or something, you need some sort of method of payment. You need to do it somehow. You do it through a wire transfer, use uh, PayPal or credit card or some sort of thing. Well, with Bitcoin, you don't need any of those third parties. So it's super simple and easy to do that. So why wouldn't you do that as a charity? The second part is Bitcoin as a currency. So competing or working alongside US dollar, euro, um, Zimbabwean, uh, whatever they have over there, uh, Venezuelan, peso. It's not there yet. There's certainly some use cases for it. But to me, I see for charities, it's more in terms of uh, accepting Bitcoin for donations. Um, I will go through a list extremely quickly. I mentioned disadvantages and, and I think Faris did as well. Let's start with the disadvantages first. There are really three. One is that, yeah, there are tax and legal implications. So if you start to accept Bitcoin, uh, how are you going to account for that on your balance sheet? Um, how are those um, Bitcoins going to be realized, um, especially if you sell them back into cash or you keep hold of them? It really depends on your jurisdiction and how your government uh, tax agency treats Bitcoin. For example, in the US, they actually treat it as a property, like a stock, which makes it a little easier. But in your jurisdiction, it may be different. So there's definitely that um, bookkeeping or overhead in terms of your back office. A second one might be KYC. So if you're accepting some donations, you may actually need to know who is actually donating. So you may need to require some sort of what's called know your customer or KYC. So even though someone donates Bitcoin, which is semi-anonymous, semi-private, you may still need to keep extra information about them. Then again, you probably have their credit card and email address, name, and whatever anyway. So I don't see that as a huge advantage. The third and last disadvantage, I would say, is what to do with your Bitcoins when you actually receive them. Um, You could convert them straight into cash or you could keep holding them. Both of those have, have pros and cons. Do you want to learn how to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins? Coincompass.com is running a free two-hour webinar on Sunday, 31st of May. To register and for more details, visit coincompass.com forward slash webinar. Again, uh, I would say for any charity, um, it's a no-brainer to accept Bitcoin. And I'll go through these really, really quickly. Um, And I came up with 10 first. I know it's a long list, but I came up with 10 and I'll do this really, really quickly. Uh, number one, you receive more of the do- donation pie. So when you're sending a wire transfer, and especially in Western countries, some of those international outgoing payments can be up to 45%, sorry, $45. So with Bitcoin, you're, you're having such low fees and the fees can be less than a dollar. So if someone's donating $100, you're going to get $99 as opposed to your bank, the donator's bank, some sort of insurance company in the middle, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes some people donating to the Red Cross uh, Haiti Fund actually got slugged with 45% fees. So the the recipients are only actually accepting, only actually receiving $50. So at the end of the day, 
Um, if someone's willing to donate $100, why wouldn't you want to receive $99 instead of $55? No brainer. Two, um, you're getting a massive access to a whole new demographic. So you've got these millennials, you've got people who don't have bank accounts, you've got people who are underage, maybe even young, younger people. So you're getting access to these people and uh, you don't need any third party. So they, can, they might have money being sent to them. Who knows, some tech savvy parent giving them pocket money, whatever. Um, you're getting access to this entirely new demographic. Third, it is way more convenient. It's way more convenient for someone to actually send you Bitcoin than it is to deal with PayPal or a wire transfer. They can just do it on the mobile phone. So there's less friction. So if there's less friction, there's less obstacles to donating, people are more likely to donate. Four, um, you're going to be a hero of the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin community. So if you start accepting Bitcoin as donations, you're going to get a lot of kudos. You're going to get some advertising, free advertising, free marketing. Um, now you might say, well, we're a charity, you know, we're not meant to market ourselves, but it's like, just put yourself out there. So you're going to get a lot of kudos from that. Five, um, one of the reasons why people don't want to accept Bitcoin is it's too volatile. The price goes up and down. There's, um, you know, swings of like five or 10% per day. You can actually cash it out straight into the local currency. So when you accept Bitcoin, you could cash it straight out into US dollars or whatever your currency is, if that was um, your fear of volatility. Six, tax incentives, um, especially in the US, uh, because it's treated like a property. Um, and this obviously depends on different jurisdictions. Um, people don't pay capital gains tax on those donations. So the larger the donation, the larger the potential tax write-off. Again, not investment advice, not tax advice. I'm just saying it. Seven, there is a potential for greater privacy. So depending on your charity, um, you may uh, want to have people, some people may want to actually donate anonymously. So you could accept anonymous donations without giving away people's private data. And also the advantage is you don't need to keep those people's data. I know a lot of charities have been hacked before and uh, those databases or spreadsheets contain everything, bank account details, people's names, email addresses, stuff like that. So with Bitcoin, there's one less thing for you to actually record and have to protect. Eight, it's a hell of a lot easier to move across borders. So this is getting a bit political, but there is the potential to have money outside of corrupt governments and uh, political influence. And there is certainly transparency in terms of what is being donated and it's all on chain. You can see it. So no one's skimming off the top. There's no rent seeking. There's no greedy middleman. The money's going there. Nine, and Faris is smiling. I've almost finished. Um, yeah, there, there's a potential to track donations as well. So obviously in... Uh, this whole uh, charity, um, people are afraid that their money is not going to where it should be going. So there's a potential to track it. Um, of course, you then need to spend that money with vendors and suppliers who accept Bitcoin. So that's obviously a problem. But, you know, in five, 10 years time, that may be a reality. And the very last one, which is probably not a main advantage, but it's sort of a side benefit is, let's be honest, not everyone is going to donate in Bitcoin. It's probably going to be 1% of people or people 
wanting to donate to you in Bitcoin. So if it's only 1%, you could potentially keep that in a fund, not sell it because it's not, you know, it's 1% of your donations. Just keep that in a fund, grow it. And then, you know, instead of maybe you get $500 of people who donate Bitcoin, sure, you could use that $500. But if you kept that in a fund, who knows, that $500 could become $5,000 or a lot more in the future. So you could actually use that for something quite significant. So the reason I'm smiling, Gordon, is, yeah, this is just the level of detail you go into, which I, I love. But I'm actually smiling because you've just convinced me to launch my own NGO that accepts Bitcoin. <laughs> well, we did discuss this. If people know how to pay us in Bitcoin, then they kind of don't really need us that much. Oh, they do need to know how to secure it, but yeah. <laughs> Excellent work, Gordon. I'm, look, yeah, you, you've convinced me to launch an NGO that accepts Bitcoin. What the NGO does is irrelevant. It just accepts Bitcoin now. <laughs> All right, let's get started on Coin Compass Charities. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully that answered that question. Was there anything else you wanted to add, Gordon, that you haven't? Is there a point 10A or 11? No, to me, it's a no-brainer. If you're a charity, accept Bitcoin. Let's say 1% of your people who donate are with Bitcoin. I mean, that's not a lot, but, um, you know, why not? You, you get access to this entirely new market and benefits. So I, I just don't. See why you wouldn't, unless it's illegal in your country. And um, you, you mentioned tax implications. Yes, it's a little bit of a pain to um, account for Bitcoin, but there's so much software and websites that help you track that and do it automatically. It's really not a problem to manage and accept Bitcoin. So just do it. Cool. And um, if you want to do it, uh, coincompass.com slash individual, or where can we send people to, um, to our website, Ferris? Uh, I think the best thing to do right now is just go to our webinar. So we've got a free webinar, which um, will show you how to buy and secure your Bitcoins. And that is at the end of this month, uh, end of May, sorry. So uh, yeah, coincompass.com and it's forward slash webinar. Excellent. Well, uh, we hope I haven't bored you with all those answers. But uh, if you do want to start accepting Bitcoin, contact us coincompass.com slash contact and uh, we'll show you how to accept it and get started thank you gordon just a reminder of our offer to the first charity ngo or non-profit that wants to accept bitcoin go to coincompass.com slash contact and we'll get started even if you're not sure or have a million questions contact us anyway regardless of whether you're a charity or a business and we can uh, point you in the right direction hope to see you at the webinar Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.